This is the Rocky Mountain Review Podcast. I am your co-host, Gabe Peterson. And I'm your other co-host, Julia Battleese. This is the Rocky Mountain Review, the live news show that airs 4 to 5, Tuesday and Thursday, on KCSU that is turned into a podcast. And this is what you missed this week. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Julia Battalese. I'm in here with my co-host, Gabe Peterson. How's it going? Not bad. Uh, we also have J.D. Layton, our national news correspondent. I definitely tripped over a trash can walking in here. <laughs> At least you made you it say, You say walked. You were sprinting this There was fast. some hustle. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure after that I went, dude. <laughs> dude. Uh, and we have Raven Color, our, our reporter that does interviews. Yeah, that's me. Our inter- what? We'll no. figure it out. We need, to have, we need to sit down with Raven and figure it out. Chief interviewer reporter? Uh, <laughs> let's just call her. Uh, yeah, laugh. Yeah, so, anyway. So uncomfortable. <laughs> so we have a great show for you guys today. We, uh, we'll start with our local segment and then move into sports. We have a couple of local stories, such as Colorado Colleges and high school students and the walkout that happened earlier today. We have an NBA agent that had a fatal crash in Colorado. Uh, a... Murder that happened earlier this summer has been convicted, and Larry U. Stacy. Then we move into national, and we will have uh, an explosion in Leicester. We have flooding somewhere in the nation. Uh, China is trying to kind of tweak some term limits out there, and West Virginia walkouts. And then we will have our music segment with our very own Mimi Hibben, our news music, our director. Mu- our music director. Music director. She's not a news She's director. She's not the news. So it's just so important <laughs> to me. The news you. is so important. I know. <laughs> and then we will have our weed segment with Dylan and finally our roundtable with Nick Baker, our sports director, yep. and he will be coming on to talk about Larry U. Stacey. Yeah, because uh, some stuff happened with that recently. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get straight into local news. We. I'm going to send it over to Raven. Great. Uh, in a tweet sent out on February 24th by Administration CSU, future Rams were assured that administration de- uh, decision or admission decisions will be unaffected if they are to face any disciplinary actions for demonstrating peaceful protest. Part of the tweet said, quote, CSU, CSU will continue to support students who choose to have an active voice in their community. Other Colorado universities, such as University of Colorado, University of Denver, and Regis University, have made similar statements regarding the right to peaceful protest and admission decisions, according to CBS Denver. High school students across Colorado and the nation have been planning walkout protests to show support for the victims and students at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. The support for the Colorado University came in response to some high schoolers from the country threatening to uh, discipline their high schools from around the country threatening to discipline their students for walking out to join peaceful protests by suspending them, which is something that needs to be reported on college applications, according to Denver 7. Today, high school, middle school, and elementary students throughout Fort Collins have walked out of their classes to demonstrate peaceful protest in Old Town Square. When asked for a statement, Fort Collins High School Principal Mark Eversole said, quote, We recognize the school shooting two weeks ago had a significant impact on students across the nation. In times of crisis, most people want to do something to make a difference. Freedom of speech and the right to uh, pre- peaceful protest are among our nation's most cherished traditions, and through civic engagement, our youth develop the ability needed for citizenship in our democracy. End quote. 
Dr. Carrie Pitzel of the CSU History Department was also interviewed by reporter Katie Otter. Yep, and we're actually going to go into that really quick. Um, you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. So what are your thoughts on the students who were walking out of their high school classes in Fort Collins today? Uh, personally, I support them, and I think that their lives are on the line, and the adults have failed them. And I think that it's really inspiring um, that young people are taking control of this issue and demanding change and taking a stand. And professionally, as a historian, I think they're part of a long line of um, uh, movements uh, that, that are led by young people. Um, we saw that in the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s. We saw it in the anti-war movements um, in the 1960s. So I think that there's a real precedence for this and I'm so inspired and hopeful and overwhelmed by their bravery. I agree. <clears throat> um, so would you have done the same thing if you were um, a high school student during these times? I'd like to think that I would. <laughs> um, I think none of us know until we get into these moments. You know, they are young people. They may have um, authority figures in their lives, teachers or principals or even parents saying, you shouldn't be doing this, and that can be a really scary thing. Mm. Um, but I think um, that you know, I can imagine it's a lot scarier for them to worry about gunmen coming into their schools. Um, so I'd like to think that I would have had this kind of bravery when I was that age. Mm. You kind of already touched on this, but what is the impact of young students using their voice to incite change? I think it can be huge. I think that if this is sustained, I think that it can be huge. I think that in recent years there's been a, a wave, a new wave of activism um, in this country with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, with the, the Women's March, um, and sort of a revival of feminism and uh, protest, uh, particularly against the current administration. So I think that these young people um, are, are riding a wave. I think that there is momentum for change. And I think that this represents, I suspect and I hope, a turning point in this conversation about gun culture and gun control and violence. Um, and I, I, it's, it seems like that there is a real potential for things to change now, especially with the 2018 and 2020 elections coming up. And all these kids are going to be, you know, voting in them. Yes, so hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yes. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. This interview was done by Katie Otter and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Moving on, a longtime NBA agent, Dan Fagan, was killed in an Aspen, Colorado on Sunday. According to Colorado State Patrol, Fagan was driving an SUV when he tried to merge onto the highway and was hit by a commuter bus. The SUV had two other occupants, Fagan's five-year-old son and a 29-year-old woman from California. They were airlifted to Denver in serious condition, and no one on the bus was injured. Fagan's family came out with a statement saying, Today we lost a great man, father, son, and brother, who always stood up not only for his clients, but also for what he knew was right. We are all shocked and saddened by this tragic development and appreciate the outpouring of support. The family has requested privacy at this time. According to the Chicago Tribune, Fagan was among the NBA's most powerful agents, one known for aggressive tactics when negotiating on behalf of his clients, in recent years, he reportedly began cutting back on his professional obligations to spend more time with his son. During his years as an agent, Fagan represented players such as John Wall, Dwight Howard, DeMar DeMarcus Cousins, 
In 2000, Fagan once on Forbes magazine of top agents, the NBA sent their condolences, saying that the NBA family mourns the loss of longtime agent Dan Fagan and that they send thoughts and prayers to his family. Yeah, moving on. So Jeffrey Etheridge will serve a life life sentence in jail after being convicted for the murder of 23-year-old Helena Hoffman, the Colorado Colorado and reports. Etheridge attacked and murdered Hoffman in the early morning of June 21st on her way home from her late night work shift at McDonald's. The Colorado and reports that Etheridge videotaped himself assaulting and manipulating Hoffman's body on his cell phone. Etheridge struck a plea deal in January that would prevent him from being sentenced to death, reports the Coloradoan. But as of yesterday, he will now be serving a life sentence. Bailiffs led Etheridge out of the courtroom, and as he turned, he turned back and said, God bless you guys, before the door closed behind him, according to the court translator report. And for our final local story, I'm going to send that over to you, Julia. Thanks. Uh, since the last walkout in 1990, West Virginia teachers uh, are walking out again, and for their fourth day in a row, 55 counties have uh, have been said to be involved as teachers in the state attempt to earn better salaries, as West Virginia is considered to be one of the worst states in America for their income, reports the AP. Teachers in West Virginia, on average, get paid about $45,000 a year. Roughly 20,000 teachers and 13,000 school service employees started their protest on Thursday. Sarah Jorgensen and Joe Sterling from CNN report that the walkout began after Governor Jim Justice signed legislation to allow a 2% pay increase that would start in July with a 1% pay increase over a two-year period. To a crowd outside the Capitol, President of the American Federation of Teachers in West Virginia, Christine Ca- uh, Campbell, told the rally of so- school officials on Monday, quote, We are ready. We are willing. We stand on the right side of public education by being back here and outside our schools tomorrow. And that is going to wrap up local news, but I am going to send it over to Gabe. He is going to step in for Bjorn Larson today for sports. Yeah, interim sports uh, reporter, so that's awesome. Anyways, going on to CSU Golf, the Colorado State's men's golf team started its spring schedule with a disappointing finish in the National Invitation Tournament on Monday as they managed to just a top eight finish after finishing top five in every tournament previously this season. The Rams were led by sophomore A.J. Ott and freshman Parathakorn Suyasri as they both tied at 6-under after the second round. That put the team 17 shots behind first place UNLV, and the Rams didn't have enough fire to close that gap. The men will have a long layover until they begin to play at Lampkin Grips San Diego Classic on March 12th, hosted by the University of San Diego and San Diego State. Moving on to CSU Tennis. The CSU tennis team spent the weekend in Des Moines, Iowa, for a back-to-back tournament against Western Illinois and Drake. The team was played perfectly and went undefeated. They began the weekend with a 4-1 win over Western Illinois and kept that momentum going into the next day where they also beat Drake 4-1. Head coach Jared Camarada had this to say about the weekend. Quote, We've learned a lot about what we're good at and where we need to improve. Now we are excited to come home and play in front of our great fans. The Rams will finally head back home to the CSU Tennis Complex this weekend to compete in two matches, hosting Omaha on Saturday and Presbyterian on Sunday. Finally, for sports, we have CSU Wrestling. The Colorado State Club wrestling team won its first conference title under their new head coach last weekend at the National Collegiate Wrestling Association Great Plains Conference Tournament. CSU had 11 wrestlers finish on the podium, including four champions, qualifying them for the NCWA Division II Nationals. The men will be joined by the two teams' female wrestlers, juniors Camela Sanchez and Kendall Davis, who already qualified. The men's team was led by Louis Romero Jr., Taylor DeWall, Colin Says, and Maxwell First. 
Quote, we all know we had something special early in the season, said head coach Kendall. Kendall Dijon, <clears throat> he also said that the wrestlers and coaches have put in the work to get better all season and the results speak for themselves. The 13 national qualifiers will begin their trek to a national championship on March 8th through the 10th in Allen, Texas. And that will wrap up sports. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, so shout out to the CSU wrestling team. Yeah, it sounds like they killed it. Yeah, first time all year. But anyways, I think we're going to take first a quick <laughs> we're going to take a quick break here at the Rocky Mountain Review. Uh, when we come back, we're going to jump into our national and global news as well as our music segment with our very own Mimi Hibben. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 at KCSU Fort Collins. For just a few commercials a day, you can keep KCSU running. Uh, KCSU is actually commercial-free radio. We don't need commercials. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Julia Batalise. I'm one of two co-hosts here. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Peterson. Hello. Um, we also have national news correspondent, J.D. Layton. Yes, I didn't trip on a uh, trash can entering the studio I'm this time. I'm very happy for you. You're moving up in the world. I know. Uh, we also have Raven Color, our reporter. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's me. Um, and then we also have Mimi Hibben in the studio. She'll be coming on here in just like about five to ten minutes um, to talk about um, her music segment, which I believe... I, it's a rap segment, I believe. I don't. I don't know why wow. I sounded so sad about that. That was. Not, I just forget what the title was, and so now I was. I felt sad. It doesn't matter. Fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna send it over to JD for our first national story. An explosion has rocked the city of Leicester, leading to the deaths of five people. Reports Lydia of the UK uh, Independent. The explosion occurred at 7 p.m. on Sunday night and destroyed the shop and flat combination in what authorities called a pancake collapse. Five additional people have been hospitalized as a result of the explosion, with one sustaining serious life-threatening injuries. Authorities do not yet know the cause of the devastating explosion, but do not believe it to be linked to terrorism. However, they are currently investigating the cause of the blast as they sift through the rubble of the building. A neighbor of the collapsed building, Tony Hartley, was one of the first to respond to the site and had this to say about the explosion. We turned round, saw rubble, and heard a little boy crying. There was me and another bloke sifting through the rubble, and we managed to pull the little boy out. And now we're going to hit some flooding stories. The Midwest was pummeled this weekend by inclement weather, with at least 12 tornadoes touching down and at least a foot of rain, reports Daniel Monzo of ABC News. The heavy rainfall has caused major concerns for flooding from Louisiana to Michigan, with the Kentucky, Indiana, Missouri, and Ohio governors issuing states of emergency, and another storm is expected to hit the south-central U.S. on Wednesday, adding to the already flood-prone rivers. The flooding has caused at least three deaths in the Midwest and causing severe flood damage, reports Amir Vera of CNN. The, the Louisville, Kentucky sewer district reports they have pumped at least over 21 billion gallons of standing rainwater out of the city. Wow. That is a lot. That is a lot of water. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, thank you uh, very much, JD, but we're going to send it over to Raven for our final national story. 
The leading party in China announced Sunday that they will introduce a measure that would eliminate constitutional presidential term limits, allowing President Xi Jinping to rule indefinitely. The National People's Congress is likely to pass the measure and grant Xi a second term during their annual session next month, reports the Associated Press. This move is in accordance with an international trend of strongman leaders, putting Xi in the company of Vladimir Putin of Russia, Abdel Fattah el-Sisi of Egypt, and Recep Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey, said Stephen Lee Meyer of the New York Times. Even with terms, even without term limits, Xi is considered to be the most powerful Chinese leader <laughs> since Mao Zedong, and concerns have come up both by in the international arena and in short-lived dissension on the Chinese internet that he will become an imperial leader. The Communist Party has not commented on the purpose of eliminating term limits, but political analysts believe that Xi wishes to push through his agenda to end corruption and insubordination against the state and to make China the world leader in the modern era. The author of The China Fantasy, James Mann, told Jane Perlez and Javier Hernandez of the New York Times that while American presidents from the past likely would have condemned Xi for weakening democracy, Trump likely will not. Mann said that Trump rarely voices strong reverence for constitutional restrictions and even went as far as to say that Trump is probably jealous of Xi. The Global Times, a New York or a newspaper published by the Communist Party, said that, quote, outside forces were trying to challenge the party's leadership. Internet censors in China have been working overtime to eliminate any satirical criticism of Xi, many portraying him as a power hungry Mao esque figure. Thanks, Raven. So that's fun. So that's fun. <laughs> Thank you, Raven. That will conclude our national segment. So we have Mimi here now to talk about the music segment. She's here. She's, She's here. Say she hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm Mimi, and I'm one of the two music directors here at KCSU, and I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Of course. Um, I'm actually really excited. Uh, so this rap, like, there's like four of them. I want to say I wanted to say a trio, but it's not a trio. Um, I'm so used to saying a rap trio because there's normally not four um, rappers <laughs> in a rap group. Mm -hmm. um, but they're really cool and they're pretty young and they're called SOBRBE. Um, and they just came out with a new album called Gangin. And it's like it's about 15 tracks. And so the group consists of four members. Um, SOB stands for Strictly Only Brothers and RBE stands for Real Boy Entertainment. Um, they have a lot of connections with Mac Dre, which is also really cool, and he's a big influence to them. <clears throat> and they were on the track Paramedic with Kendrick Lamar of the Black Panther album, which mm. kind of blew them up. And it was also really cool because they debuted the track like right before their, this album just came out. Mm. Um, and they all have completely different sounds, compiling a wide range between melodic and abrasive sounds of rap and overall lyrics. Um, and many rap groups that consist of three or more members are likely to sound overpowering, which is not necessarily taking turns when it comes to rapping bars on the same track. So when you think of like Migos, there's three of them and they all kind of like hype over each other, which is, <laughs> yeah, which is it, which is it. It's not really fun to listen to all the time. Like yeah. it can get you hype, but it's not. I don't know. It's not something that you want to like wake up at 10 a.m. and listen. And listen to yeah, exactly. Narcos. But they don't do that. They like give each other kind of a chance to just 
like do their own thing and they all have their own sounds um so each of the members allow one another to share their lyrical expression creating cohesion throughout the album that doesn't sound excessive or thrown together um and each track is accompanied by all four of the rappers but allows for a solo from one of the rappers for each one so each rapper gets like at least a solo during each song which is Mm. cool cool um and yeah they're awesome so if you haven't listened to it check it out it's s-o-b-r-b-e and their album is called gangin and it's pretty good that's cool yeah but what are the what are the acronyms again so s-o-b stands for strictly only brothers okay and r-b-e stands for real boy entertainment oh i thought it like spelled out like sorbet or like i know so- that, and that's sabra. how i wanted to read it <laughs> yeah. that's how i wanted to read it as one but there's an x in the middle oh. but the x is silent oh of course <laughs> it is, is. Okay. so if you read about it they like talk about like mm. why and it's it's really interesting so yeah so they're cool they're i think they're all like mid to late 20s mm. How did you discover this band or this group? I actually like figured I didn't know anything about them until um, the Black Panther album came out. And then I saw that they were on the track, that really good track, Paramedic with um, Kendrick Lamar. And then I followed them on Spotify and Spotify notifies you when new albums drop from people that you're following. And they notified me that they came out with a new album and I was like, oh, I should listen to this. So I listened through the whole thing and it was pretty good. Just a banger all the way through. Just a banger. (laughs) But it's not. But it's just a slapper. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind yeah. of, but but I mean, it's also stuff that you could just chill to as mm-hmm. well. Cool. So it's not like hype music the whole time. There are hype songs. <laughs> okay. But there are also like really, really nice songs. Yeah. So cool. it's good. I love I love a balance in an album like yeah. that. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up our music segment. Um, thanks so much, Mimi, for coming on. Yeah. Um, we are gonna take a very quick break here at the Rocky Mountain Review. Um, but we will be coming back here in just a second with uh, our weed segment with Dylan Simonson. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on ninety point five KCSU Fort Collins. Absolute Vapor Lounge in Fort Collins specializes in vape accessories, including e-liquids, batteries, and more. Located on South College Avenue near the Foothills Mall, Absolute Vapor Lounge provides Wi-Fi access, tables, and seating suitable for both your studying and lounging needs. KCSU thanks Absolute Vapor Lounge for their underwriting support. Welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Julia Battley. I'm one of two co-hosts in here. I am in here with my co-host, Gabe Peterson. Hello. And we are in here with Dylan Simonson now. He is our weed reporter expert person. I like that title. (laughs) Okay, cool. Very nice. Uh, Cool. We'll just take it away, Dylan. All right. Well, legalized marijuana and hemp have threatened a lot of uh, different industries as of late. It's speculated that the threat to some industries was why cannabis was made illegal in the first place. Uh, Now Molson Coors Brewing Company, which owns the Coors, Miller, and Blue Moon brands, is saying legalized marijuana is a risk factor for its business. Molson Coors is so concerned with legalized marijuana affecting their sales, they even stated that it could be affecting their current sales in their 10K that was published recently, according to The Cannabis. Uh, Coors isn't the first beer or liquor company to make this statement. The parent company of Sam Adams has said this 
has said something similar, and so has the Craft Brew Alliance, according to Fortune. Marijuana wasn't the only risk factor for Molson Coors. In fact, it was one only one of over 40 concerns, but the company is going to keep a close eye on the market since the full impact of legalization is currently unknown. Molson Coors and other companies have reason to be worried, though. According to a study by Cannabis Consumer Group, which involved over 40,000 Americans, 27% of beer drinkers are now buying legal cannabis instead of beer, or would if cannabis were legal in their state. As more and more states legalize cannabis, this is a large portion of customers that beer companies are losing. Cannabis states that if cannabis were legalized nationally, it's estimated that the beer industry would lose over $2 billion in retail sales, or about 7% of the beer industry's market. Uh, according to Time, states like Washington, Oregon, and here in Colorado have already seen beer s sales fall, and Colorado is called the Napa Valley of craft beer, and rightfully so. Just look at Fort Collins, the craft beer capital of Colorado. So the threat is certainly real. Uh, Molson Coors has headquarters in Denver and Montreal, and Colorado was the first state to legalize recreational marijuana, and Canada plans on fully legalizing nationwide by July. So its headquarters alone are in two places where there is legalized marijuana, and specifically in two places that are pioneers in marijuana policy change. Uh, to help combat this change in dynamic, Molson Coors has begun looking at potential expansion into the marijuana industry as of last November, according to biz journals. However, they haven't specified any future plans on expansion, as they don't want to rush into anything and make sure they'll be making a sound investment. Constellation Brands, which owns Corona, Modelo, and Svedka, has already started to invest in the marijuana industry. According to Fortune, they invested around $191 million in the Canadian marijuana company Canopy Growth and hope to eventually make cannabis-infused drinks. I mean, I guess just kind of listening to that, I mean, obviously the alcohol industry kind of just wants to create, like, monopoly over the marijuana industry so as i was kind of like listening to you why don't they just partner up with certain uh weed companies around mm -hmm. the world i mean that's obviously the the best thing to do if they're trying to monopolize the market yeah and just try and keep alcohol the number one seller i feel like a good pr move for them too would to be like we go to local places and they could even go to like local places here in fort collins yeah yeah like that that's a big thing you know and that's why consolation brands was like you know hey let's just partner up with these guys you know let's invest in them whereas cores wants to you know they they like owning everything they're trying to <laughs> buy up all the craft yeah. beer markets and sh stuff like that yeah. so i mean i, I uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, alcohol kills people and it is very mm -hmm. addictive and it is a disease that certain people get and you know you can smoke weed and become um lackadaisical and you can become just kind of like a couch potato but at the same time it's not harming your liver and it's not something that i personally think that you can be addictive addicted to mm. and with alcohol i mean so, i don't know i guess who cares if alcohol sales are going down <laughs> they're going to go from a multi-billion dollar com uh, corporation to maybe like a two billion dollar corporation i mean i just don't understand why that they're so upset by that you know it's just because people are greedy they like money it's true from the perspective of an economist, <laughs> weed appears to be a substitute for alcohol, and yep. that's really threatening to the profit maximizers and almost monopolistic uh, like environment that these these big breweries are entering. And because, like you said, they're mm. purchasing up a lot of smaller breweries because they definitely threaten their market base, and if you yep. can already control that. But with weed, you can't necessarily do that, especially given the sort of weird legal status it's in. So it's, it's mm. this very scary threat for them, for them, especially coming in as it's like, oh, yeah, people would 
some people would rather have edibles rather than a nice beer or something like that. So mm. it's like kind of kind of going off another like economical standpoint. Um, one of the major companies and businesses that always thrive through depressions or through recessions are liquor stores and bars. So mm. it's not like alcohol is going to go anywhere. I mean, maybe some people are just like, ah, you know, I got to work tomorrow morning. Maybe I'll just get high and go to the bars. Like maybe that could very possibly be a thing. And I think it is a thing because, you know, um, I've seen and know people that do that kind of stuff. And it's, I mean, it is threatening to the industry, but at the same time, um, I would just say to the core CEO, who cares? <laughs> like yeah. you're already, a, you're already a multimillionaire. Your company's always going to thrive. Um, you have the Miller light, you have the, the blue moon. I mean, mm. Coors doesn't even like associate, like put Coors brewing on the blue moon, uh, beers cause they don't want people to know. So it's exactly. just like always just like, they're always just trying to make money and it is the greed and it is, um, unfortunate but at the same time just just start partnering up with local groweries or dispensaries and just maybe start like saying like oh we um we endorse this but mm. make sure that you know you started out by drinking a beer first or buying a six pack yeah. or i mean maybe they raise their prices too i mean what is a what's a core six pack probably eight bucks nine bucks or something maybe just I like just I was raise say, that seems expensive because like... that's what i pay for craft yeah, oh, I, was okay. say, I, was like, yeah. I was like i don't think you pay that much for a six pack of course i don't know i just know that i just know what a 30 rack costs because i don't really buy <laughs> that's, okay. that's what i was gonna say because i was gonna be like i feel like no one buys like a six pack of cores because i feel like they generally get the giant pack mm -hmm. i would say more adults do quickly more adults uh, do like after oh, work yeah. real adults uh, but not that grown uh, dads well maybe cores light maybe cores maybe cores could just start implementing um like the keystone light is, is keystone light owned by cores brewing company oh gosh, i think it might be so never mind right because hmm? there's there's two fairly large brewing companies there's anheuser-busch mm, and, and then, then there's, there's the cores company yeah. and I, then there's some foreign company that owns a bunch of other ones too i think it's is it heineken yeah it's 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 heineken yeah so those are like Mol the three oh big... molson cores brewing yeah owns yep. keystone okay i was just gonna okay. say to start throwing cores in a 30 rack but obviously they've already kind of figured that out <laughs> with the keystone exactly. so they got that on lock i don't know but i mean if you're gonna sell 30 beers for 15 bucks maybe just start raising it to 20 bucks and you're gonna see your profits come back exactly. but then you, you might lose some business like with us you know mm -hmm. we'll just go buy a genesee or we'll go buy <laughs> uh some rainier or something like that just like uh, the I gross beers canadian light more than I would ever, ever want to pay for like more expensive natty. That's true. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> okay. Wow, I'm just Color the complete opposite in. here. I, I buy the expensive stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, no, I, I prefer craft over non-craft any any given day. Of any week, any day. This has gone a little off of weed. Well, I know. I, yeah, but I mean, it is. I've, I've never even it's heard. Just of, the substance segment. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> We're all. all right. But anyways, um. Uh, I've never even heard of this um, topic before that alcohol uh, companies mm. are actually threatened and concerned by the growing industry. It definitely makes sense, though. Yeah, just it does. Like, Recreational, like, substance. Yep. Well, if you, I feel like if you use them at the same time, too, then you don't need to drink as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, you definitely do. So yeah, it's like true. you can kind of get both of them and be fine. But I don't know. Back to the economics. That <laughs> <laughs> would assume that they're they're complements and that people consume them together, which isn't necessarily true. As you yeah. know, we've kind of gone over. Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. Like personally, me, it it doesn't affect me if I like consume both at the same time. But I know people that you know they're even around marijuana while they're drinking, and they just night, go night. over the edge. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, it, it's a bad night for them all of a sudden. So, you know, that that's another reason that these two don't really want to mesh is because of the stigma mm -hmm. against mm -hmm. you know combining the two like um and then like here in colorado we can't have uh 
medicated alcohol like they can in California that has medicated wine, beer. We can't legally really? sell that here. Huh. Yeah. Why not? Um, Is it just because, like, the regulations state for laws. Colorado? Oh, yeah. just state laws? Um, California doesn't care. Like, I, I've wanted to go there and try some like medicated wine that they have for so medicated so is in like do yeah, they have like thc yeah or like THC. cbd or um or? no cbd cbd is legal here um there's a you can buy cbd infused beer it's few and far between i know like um lagunitas lagunitas yeah My lagunitas. Beer? yeah really? they have a uh, cbd oh, yeah. infused beer um they do yeah they do um i'm not sure if it's sold here in colorado i haven't seen it but I know that they've made one. Huh. Well, so, I'll be have to stop by Campus West after it, the show. You know, exactly. I, I want to see it. <laughs> um, I want that. Yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> marijuana is a threat because, I mean, I think marijuana is even a threat to the tobacco industry. Mm -hmm. And the tobacco industry and alcohol aren't classified. I mean, if marijuana is going to be classified as a class one drug with heroin and all these other harsh drugs that will kill you, um, smoking will kill you quicker than all of those. And mm -hmm. alcohol can probably kill you in a weekend if you over consumed oh, yeah. all of that. So it is exactly. a big threat and it is. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that to the show, Dylan, because I've never even heard that uh, conversation being had before. Yeah. It was a really interesting piece to me. Um, I know that I've seen stuff about it before, but I hadn't seen it at this, you know, level or degree of, um, you know, such a big brewery making a statement and putting it into their 10 K. And I would assume that would transfer over to their, you know, quarterly and their yearly. Um, I don't remember what they're oh, called. So what? <laughs> so if this, if it really is like driving down sales, do you think like because Coors has been here for, God, probably I don't know the exact dates, but probably close to a hundred years say, in Colorado. It's almost hundred years. So also. I mean, does that could it could they possibly move over a state to Nebraska or Nevada or Idaho and maybe move out of this state for a little bit? I mean, I. There would be potential for that, I'd assume, but, you know, A, that's going to be expensive, and B, their markets are going to be smaller out there, period. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, you can't have cores of the Rockies in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like you know. kind of, like, producer. Yeah, I can't Co get that. Cores Rocky Mountain water. Cores, <laughs> cores of the cornfields. God, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> Say that three times fast. I feel like it's not as cool as the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely Sounds not. like a great parody horror movie, though. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> 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 Children of the corn, cores of the corn. <laughs> um, anything else you got to say, Dylan? You know, that's all I've come up with, unless you guys have more questions for me. Okay, cool. Well, thank I you so much, yeah. Dylan. Yeah. All no right. Problem. Well, we are going to go on a really quick break here, but we will be returning in just a second. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. sure what to do nope listen to kcsu yeah are we a bunch of scrubs nope music's in our blood yeah lazy nope got new stuff going on daily yeah nothing up our sleeve nope we're still commercial free yeah are we a bunch of saps nope we're on the radio fx app yeah you know you can't forget about the website nope it's got a lot of cool content right yeah Want me to stop with the good news? Nope. We got new podcasts on iTunes. Yeah. Nobody really likes CU. Nope. Stay tuned for sports news and interviews. Yeah. Everybody has choices. Make the right one. Listen to 90.5 KCSU. And 
and welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Julia Battelis, one of two co-hosts. I'm in here with my co-host, Gabe Peterson. Hello. I'm in here with my national news correspondent, J.D. Layton. Howdy. And Raven Color, our reporter. Awesome yeah. reporter. Reporter, but like in all caps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that it looks louder and more important. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually went to um, the walkout that happened today, right? I did, yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit of what that what that looked like today yeah sure so i got there at about noon so they had volunteers from uh vote now colorado and the democratic party uh who were kind of there keeping an eye on stuff and uh registering kids to vote who are over the age of 16 hot tip if you're 16 you can register to vote (laughs) hot Uh, tip yeah (laughs) that is i didn't know that yeah yeah (laughs) so thank you uh so they were kind of doing some training when i got there and there were a couple of students there and i think uh, kids really started to pour in around 12.30-ish. Um, by my estimation, by the time it hit one, there were maybe 1,500 students there. Hmm. Um, Where did this take place? It Old was Town. Old Town Old Square. Town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th- I was surprised at how much organization they did. The whole thing was um, set up by high school students. Um, their kind of main spokesperson that I talked to, I believe she said she is a uh, 16-year-old student at Pooter. It's crazy. And um, they did a lot of, they, they had some planning going on. Um, they did a 17-minute <laughs> moment of silence. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, obviously there were hundreds, thousands of people there with um, signs and all that fun stuff. Um and it was just kind of really cool to see all the energy. A lot of them were... I, I spoke to some kids who were as young as, like, 11. Really? Um, who'd come here from their middle schools uh, and were really excited to be there and had stuff to say. Um, and they had a lot of energy. And then kind of towards the end, when people started filing out, there was a counter-protest group hmm. um, who were more pro guns um and i spoke to uh someone who was part of that protest and they just really felt like they um were experiencing hate coming off Hmm. of that protest and wanted to talk about other solutions to gun violence in schools Hmm. um and i think the most interesting thing that i saw the entire time i was there was maybe the the protest ended at two their permit ended at two yeah um and kind of towards the maybe 2.15-ish, most people had cleared out, but there was a small group of some of the adults who had been there to watch and observe, um, who were more the pro-gun regulation people, and then a couple of the people who had been there with the counter-protest, and they sat and talked to each other for maybe a half an hour. They were still going at it when uh, I left, and they sat there, and they were discussing solutions and you know, how it operates in Congress. Um, And I thought that was really interesting because a lot of the people I talked to, especially the organizers, commented on how the kids wanted to do this whole thing um, so that they could talk about gun legislation, talk about how kids can be safe and how their representatives hadn't um, really protected them. And I thought it was interesting to see that, you know, even with two groups that so strongly opposed each other, um, they were able to sit down and have a conversation and there was no violence and no, not really any yelling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Peaceful protests. That's awesome. That's yeah. the whole, I mean, that's the whole point of them. That's why they're legal and you're allowed to do them. So you said, <laughs> so you said the youngest you saw there was 11. Yeah. I want to talk yeah, about that too. There were some kids, <laughs> obviously there were some parents who had brought kids. I saw one or two kids who were like one years old. And then I talked to 
um two kids who were there with their mother one of them was five and the other one was eight uh but their mom had kind of brought them along and they did know what um they were there for i talked to him about it a little bit but um there towards the beginning before the the organizers from the high school showed up and really started doing their thing there was a group of kids from i believe it was lincoln middle school who were about 11 to 13 years old and they were standing up on the stage of the amphitheater in old town square um leading chants really yeah um they were a lot i talked to a lot of middle schoolers there uh and i think they didn't quite understand as much as some of the older high schoolers um, what the kind of legislative things that were going into the situation were. But a lot of what they were saying was that they are the targets of this violence. They mm. are the people who are dying. Um, and they kind of don't have the answers as to why adult voters and Congress people haven't taken steps to make sure that they're not dying at school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what you just said, like right there, they're trying to understand it. And the thing about it is, is politics is a very complex structure to where you can't you can't just like get rid of something and expect it to just be gone. It's a very complex thing. And I mean, I think that's great that 11 year olds were there. But I mean, what's the level of knowledge that was there, you know, because obviously that's their parents viewpoint that they're kind of protesting in favor for. Yeah, and I think a lot of the those younger kids that I talk to, um, obviously I asked them why um, they were at the protest, and they just kind of were disenchanted with allowing um, adults to take their safety into their hands because they felt mm-hmm. like um, they weren't sure why it was that they had left their safety in the hands of um, people who were experts or understood how the whole thing worked and still, you know, the Combine shooting was in 1999. Um, and one of the comments that the, the main speaker made was that um, students have wanted reform since 1999 and have been waiting for it. And I think a lot of these younger kids understood that this has been happening for a long time, that there are people who are in legislative groups who are experts on this topic uh, and that they're still... Kind of, we're still seeing school shootings and seeing minimal uh, effective reaction by legislatures and stuff like that. And so I think, you know, they didn't, they wanted to learn, um, but they were kind of seeing that people who were experts weren't taking action. I mean, it's the legislators can take action, but the thing about those kids is that a lot of those kids bully other children, and then those children grow up to be the school shooters. I mean, majority of school shooters are people who are bullied and outcasts. So it's not like legislation can fix it. They can, you know, raise screen checks and all do that to guns. But it's a lot, it's a lot about the mental makeup of these shooters. And a lot of those shooters get bullied at a very young age <coughs> by these kids. And then so it's 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 a catch twenty two because you can you can you can ban guns, but you also have to protect bullying in schools and protect um, how these kids grow up. And I did speak to a gentleman who was part of the counter protest who was there with, um, they had some NRA propaganda and stuff like that, um, who did make the comment that they felt that, uh, mental health was a, a more important path to go down. Um, and that, that it still hasn't really been effectively addressed by, um, legislative bodies. And I think really the thing I talked to a lot of kids who were even part of the main protest who were saying that, they don't really have an issue with weapons or, or with guns or assault rifles, um, but that 
you know, no matter what the legislature is saying the issue is, they're not really making a movement that a lot of the kids were saying they weren't just like anti-guns, get rid of guns. They just wanted somebody to do something. Um, and they hadn't seen that happen. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's definitely understandable. Um, well, thank you so much for going. We're yeah. actually going to be having a, um, a pre-recorded interview um, with a bunch of the audio from that event uh, by Raven on Thursday. Um, so stay tuned for that because that'll be coming up soon. Um, we are actually going to take a very quick break here, but we'll be back pretty soon uh, with um, with Nick Baker. Our sports director is going to be coming on. We're going to be talking about um, Larry Eustacey and um, <laughs> just saw him walk by, so he's here. Thank God. Cool. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5. KCSU Fort Collins. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am Julia Battalese, one of two co-hosts. I'm in here with my co-host, Gabe Peterson. Hello. Hello. We also have J.D. Layton, our national news correspondent. Yes. Yes. Uh, we also have Nick Baker, our sports director, in here. What's up? And we have Raven Culler in the background. Yeah, our I'm here. reporter in all caps yeah. because we still don't have a, an official title. <laughs> um, but we'll be talking about uh, Larry Eustacey. Um, just a re- quick recap. Uh, after a couple weeks, it has finally been announced that CSU men's basketball coach Larry Eustacey is stepping down. According to ESPN, Eustacey will be on, quote, paid leave by the university until June 30th which is when he will formally resign. To get him out of his contract as well, CSU is expected to pay Eustacey $750,000. His time at CSU had two other investigations in um, in the way he treated his team, and his resignation comes after he had been yelling and cursing at players in and out of the locker room. There were responses on Twitter from some of his past players from CSU and Iowa State defending Eustacey and his coaching style. Some of the controversy behind his stepping down is because of how he treated the players and if um, um, if that should be held against him. Some argue that Eustacey's approach was not abnormal and often pushed players to work harder as opposed to deterring them. CSU is already considering five new candidates for their new head basketball coach, a few being Craig Smith, the head coach from South Dakota, Jeff Linder, the head coach from Northern Colorado, Northern Colorado University, and CSU interim coach uh, Jace Hurl. Hurl? Jason Hurl, right? Yeah, Jace Hurl. Thanks. Jace Hurl. Yep. Jace Hurl. Cool. I did it. Yeah, so there's a couple things with that. Um, another one that they're considering is Becky Hammond, who's, you know, royalty here. Um, of course, that that's mostly rumor. Um, she's in the NBA as an assistant coach, but she's not a head coach. She'd like to get into that kind did of field. Did she go here? Yeah, she was. She did. She was a star on the women's basketball team a while back. Wow. Um, she's one of the numbers hanging in the rafters at Moby. Oh, cool. Um, hmm. So she's a big deal. Uh, and, the, you know, Jace Hurl, of course, is being considered he's a great guy. He's done some all right things coming in but i think they're gonna try to scorched earth this you know try to as they should yeah try to get as far away from this you know 
situation as possible. So I, you know, I, I love the guy. I really do. He's a, a great coach. Has a great coaching style, but, but he's part of the great. he's part of the um, U Stacy administration. So it's hard to fire right. your head coach and assistant coach and right. then promote the guy that's underneath both of them because it's right. you know you got to. I personally think you should just scorch earth, scorch earth the whole thing and start out with. I mean, if we got Becky Hamming, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, she's the Spurs uh, assistant coach, right? She is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's obviously very credible, very knowledgeable. Please that bring would be some pop knowledge. Some pop knowledge? Yeah, dude, Greg Popovich. Yeah, oh, yeah, some, some pop, pop knowledge. Probably the best coach of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. easily. In any sport. He's, he's up there. I don't know. I'd he, put, you could make the argument is the, you know. It's difficult. It's he's like between 10. him and Bill Belichick, yeah, honestly. Right? But um, going back to the Stacy thing, so he has paid leave until June yeah. 30th? Yeah. Yeah, so basically he was going to get that either way because they put him on the leave. Um, and, and basically him resigning is is beneficial for both the university and him um the university doesn't have to deal with the legal and pr nightmare of firing him um and he doesn't have that blemish on his thing that he got you know quote fired yeah um and csu was gonna have to pay him three million dollars uh over three years whereas this way they only have to pay them uh, pay him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year for three years okay that's Uh, not which you know you don't want to do a lot that, of money, but they but can it's afford not that three million dollars. So, right. I mean, for you, Stacy, he's probably going to take a nice little vacation, right. just go somewhere with two hundred fifty grand in his pocket, as if he's not a millionaire already. But <laughs> exactly, yeah, he did some good things for the program. He really did. Beforehand, um, there was not a single coach that had one losing record or less. They, they every single coach had at least one or more losing record. He only had the one, and that was this year. So, do you think the investigation into him is justified? I mean, do you, do you personally th- think that he was a a good coach that got a bad rap or a bad coach who got what he deserved somewhere in between i i don't think he was a bad coach i don't think he was a bad person i just don't think that that his coaching style necessarily aligned so you know uh, you know everyone who's played sports to the collegiate level has had two or three coaches like him you know oh, the yeah, kind oh, that, for sure that you know it's they're just passionate um and that's fine that's great but when your team's losing as bad as as csu has been this year it's no longer you know really you know tolerable you know it's yeah i think what you just said every every team every team has those two three coaches that are in your face you know like get this done like get it right why aren't you working hard um that's obviously how we how we coach but you need that you need that mediator. You need that guy who's on your side, who you trust more than anything, who's kind of like the, the almost like a good cop, bad cop kind right. of thing. Like you need somebody to balance out. If you Stacy is at six in the morning yelling and screaming and throwing basketballs at his players, is that necessarily bad? No, because it's sports. But you right. need you need the assistant head coach to kind of be the guy that the players can possibly go to and talk to about this. Because, right. I mean, collegiate sports is all about being competitive and your coach – you know, can be mad if he wants to be mad. Right. But he did have some pretty bad outbursts on the sideline that were kind of embarrassing. Yeah, you know, it's it's becomes a bit of an issue at that point. And and some players, you know, respond better to being coddled. You know, they want a coach that'll that'll say, Hey, no problem, you know, just have fun. But then some some guys that just doesn't work. They need a guy who's yelling at them that they're like, I can't disappoint this coach again. You know, so so having a little bit of both not a bad idea. But it sounds like Steve Barnes was almost exactly the same thing as him and uh with with Larry resigning, Steve Barnes isn't coming back either. So, front runner, who's your front runner? Uh, so there's a couple people being talked about. There's a couple, you know, guys who have been out of a job for a year or two that used to coach Power of Five schools. Um, I'd love to see Becky Hammond. Right now, the the front runner for me is Jace Hurl, but I wouldn't love to keep him 
uh, in that position for for a long time. He's a great guy, and I, I wish him the best, but I don't know if he's the best thing for, for this organization. They need yeah. to distance themselves from this. What about those other two candidates? You said South Dakota, and you said uh, UNC, Northern Colorado? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're both... I, I don't know a ton about either of them, but this is a really desirable place right now, so yeah. I think CSU mm-hmm. could do a lot better. Yeah, um, CSU's on the rise, for you know, sure. You know, there's scandals all over college basketball, Arizona, Louisville, all over, you know, Division One and the, the high-tier colleges too so you know someone who was up there in that area and you know i I don't really want to go to louisville there's a lot of stuff in the water you know csu they we just had um you know an investigation about about practice but that that's it that's it it i mean it won't go any lower i mean a team that made it to the ncaa tournament a couple years ago and a team who you know does get high recruits because colorado um isn't obviously like a a new jersey or a Mm -hmm. california or a texas for athletes and everything but colorado is obviously not a low tier place for athletes so you can groom people to be a great great team and i think this would be a desirable job for a lot of people yeah and jordan brangers uh has signed a letter of intent to come here he's the number one juco transfer this year wow um so that that's exciting you know he's going to be uh, i think he's going to be a junior um so he has some experience and and he obviously can play the game pretty well awesome well it'll be fun to see him for a year until he enters the draft if <laughs> right. he can um well yeah thank you nick uh, i appreciate yep. it definitely yeah and then uh we're actually gonna just go into our weather segment because we got about four minutes so we gotta get out of the studio <laughs> yeah so it is a much better week than last week when it was cold and snowing and freezing and today we are looking at 51 degrees as of right now and as it goes into the night it's going to be about mid 20s and then when you wake up tomorrow morning on wednesday it's going to be around 37 degrees but it's going to warm up to a high of 46 uh 20 precipitation humidity at 50 and then thursday when we have our next show it will be a high 48 partly cloudy day but no precipitation whatsoever so it's a great day to drive around listen to us on the radio through the radio <laughs> fx app on our website through the live stream and um we hope to all of the ways yeah i'll give you the weather for this weekend uh on thursday jd yeah yeah just a, a quick announcement if you've ever been curious about how you know radio works here at kcsu you can always check us out on our facebook page tomorrow where we'll be doing an ama and which is an ask me anything and you can sort of you know learn a thing or two about how things run uh, behind the mic yeah i mean if you're curious about me julia jd raven nick i mean don't you know, stalk us Just there's ask no questions. mystery here there's but we will answer JD. every question for sure there's only jd there's only, <laughs> jd's not part of it but i'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's really cool jd thank you um yeah and then uh we're gonna wrap up the show here uh thank you for tuning into the rocky mountain review uh thanks to our reporters uh bjorn larson uh raven color katie otter i was like i know her name uh <laughs> and um joe green we also had uh raven color come on today she'll be doing a lot of interviews in the next two days basically oh yeah oh yeah um so thank you so much our reporter in all caps um <laughs> uh thank you to jd layton our national news correspondent uh thanks to nick baker our sports director for coming on to talk about you stacy um thank you to gabe peterson uh, my co-host and myself uh, thank, thank you, you Julia. Thank you to me. <laughs> Every time. So shameless. Stop <laughs> I, thanking yourself. I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Rocky Mountain Review is going to be back on Thursday. You can catch us here every Tuesday, Thursday for local, national, sports. What else do we have? Music, science, yeah. we provide, weed. We provide. So just keep that dial locked until then. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> don't want to miss it. <laughs> Every four to five, every Tuesday, Thursday, you can catch the Rocky Mountain Review only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.